Twice a week, Mrs. Otto would come to our school. She brought instruments to play, taught us to sing songs, encouraged us in music in every way possible. Eventually, we all went our own ways. I became moderately successful at what I do. And now when I go back to Los Angeles to conduct, usually after a performance, somebody will come back and they'll say, I'm so-and-so. You don't remember me, but we were in the fourth grade together. Do you remember Mrs. Otto? Welcome to Cromwell Listens, the podcast about town. For August 2nd, 2021, I'm James M. Neeland. Today we're talking with Adam Jonkman, student, musician, graduate of the Cromwell High School class of 2018. Music influence, music appreciation. How can a music teacher influence a student, guide them in a certain direction? How can a student take that influence, take that guidance, and do something really special with it? Well, Adam Jonkman's got a story to tell us. And if you're like jazz, there's a great history behind this too. Terrific, terrific guy. So without further ado, let's jazz it up. Hardy har with Adam Jonkman. Today on Cromwell Listens. I'm talking with Adam Jonkman. Hi, Adam. Hey, James. How you doing? Great. Thank you. And nice to have you. Now, you are a music student, correct? Yes, sir. A graduate of Cromwell High School. Yep. And what year was that? 2018, class of 2018. Awesome. And tell us what you're doing now, Adam. Uh, so now uh, I'm a senior in college at Marywood University in Scranton, Pennsylvania. I major in music education uh, with a minor in jazz studies. And I uh, play saxophone mainly and have been performing around uh, the Northeast Pennsylvania area and been going to school up there and learning tons and tons of stuff that I can't wait to pass down. Excellent. Now, saxophone, are you a certain range, like alto sax or tenor? Like, What's your, what's your sax range? So uh, in high school back at Cromwell, when yeah. I was in the jazz band there under uh, Mr. Ray Sinclair, I played the baritone saxophone for the jazz band. But since coming to college, I do an array of things where I play the soprano sax, the alto sax, the tenor sax, and the baritone sax. So I'm a very uh, wide range of talent. Excellent. Now, so we can give your music teacher a shout-out. Uh, what was his name again for a shout-out again? Ray Sinclair. Yay, awesome. And would you say that your interest in music, did it develop more high school or pre-high school? So definitely high school was when my musical interest really sprouted. Uh, my sophomore year was uh, Mr. Sinclair's first uh, te- teaching year at Cromwell High School. And his um, like passion of, for the music and about teaching inspired me so much as a sophomore that it made me want to do it the rest of my life. That's excellent. Were there certain pieces or various artists that you heard and said, you know what, that's what I'd like to do? 
so people in that array that I really look up to, the great saxophonist Charlie Parker uh, from back in the 1940s is a huge inspiration to me, as well as people like Sonny Stitt, Phil Woods, uh, Sonny Rollins, and like just people, all saxophonists that I just absolutely love and wish that I could have a conversation with today, you know? Wouldn't that be something? Wow, I know. I'd like to see, hey, you like watch them work. Imagine like a session, like watching an actual session. That'd be amazing. I would be absolutely just. It would set me up for the rest of my life. I'd be, I'd be okay with that. <laughs> imagine, yeah, imagine participating in that session. Wow. Oh man. Now you said for your teacher, so really he was encouraging you and gave you kind of like the inspiration to say, you know, you can do this, you've got the talent, and pursue it. And that's wonderful to have that very inspirational teacher. And I think we have all can look back and say, hey, there was that one, two, maybe three people who really gave that word of encouragement, that sense of uh, that you can pursue this, and that uh, kind of like the, almost like a model, if you will, that, hey, you know, I could do it. And that's really inspiring to have that level of mentorship. Absolutely. And that's what I hope to be uh, in the future with some of my students when I hopefully get able to teach at a high school or middle school level. That's what I hope to inspire to my students, too, just like Ray did to me. Now, Adam, is that your is that your career goal? Do you see yourself more as on the performing end or on the teaching end or both? Yeah, so I think uh, really I'm looking to do a little bit of both. I, especially in the last couple of years, I've absolutely fell in love uh, with the idea of being a performer and being able to travel the world, travel the United States, playing saxophone for people and giving people the joy of music. But at that same time, I know in my heart that I want to be able to pass down all of this knowledge that I'm learning through my years in college and high school and after after college when I get in, into the workforce and into uh, real life as it is, and I like, I know I'm going to want to do a, a big mix of both. Maybe in my early years would be a lot more performing and less teaching, but I know eventually it will all come together in the end. Do you compose any original music? So uh, I've been dabbling in that a lot recently. Uh, at the start of the COVID-19 uh, lockdowns was really when my musical abilities and endeavors started to blossom, uh, where I really just started putting in the time and the work to be able to get to a point where I feel confident composing. So I don't have any originals right now, but I'd be on the lookout in the next year or so for something to come out with my name on it. And if, if you could, this might be an unfair question to somebody with your musical background, but if you could pick one artist, like say, for by whatever metric, one musical artist who inspired you the most, who would that be? That's a big question. <laughs> uh, definitely, definitely probably uh, the saxophonist, uh, Sonny Stitt. Uh, Sonny Stitt was a player who came just after Charlie Parker uh, in the late 50s, and, or early 50s, late 40s, and his playing his virtuosic playing on the saxophone and his ability to play a melody and tell a story in that melody in each and every uh, tune that he plays on and in, whether it's his own original or a standard or he's just sitting in with uh, another artist. It just, that Him and himself has just 
transformed me as a musician. I've based a lot of my saxophone playing on him and have definitely listened to him the most. And would you say that he's the type, in terms of musical styling, he's the type of artist you'd most like to emulate? Absolutely. Uh, nice. Now, where do you go to school again right now, Adam? So right now I go to school uh, at Marywood University in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. It's a relatively small uh, private Catholic school uh, up in Northeast Pennsylvania. And I found that place through uh, Mr. Ray Sinclair, and I couldn't be happier there. It is the best best thing that's really happened to me throughout my, my short 21 years of life. Shout out again to Mr. Ray Sinclair, Cromwell High School. <laughs> <laughs> so that's terrific. So he basically said, look, Adam, this could be the place for you. Check this out. And you've been very happy there, correct? Absolutely. Yeah. Now, do you, can you, do you think possibly you might ever return to the Connecticut or even the Cromwell area to teach? I, I definitely would say that's not out of the picture. Uh, I know uh, in Connecticut especially, uh, the music and the jazz scene is very big, uh, especially through the Hartford uh, Jazz Society. They have their Monday night jazz nights and the Hartford Jazz Fest. All that kind of stuff really entices me and gets me excited, as well as the close vicinity to New York City that we live in, especially right here in central Connecticut. And I definitely would say it's not out of the picture, uh, but for the time being, Pennsylvania is kind of my point of being, just so I can like get, get some roots in the ground and figure out what, what I'm really going to be doing. Now, your memories going back to Cromwell High School, the experiences, you said you started in the band. Mm -hmm. Would you like to share some of those experiences, and like how it evolved? And like how you're, and how yeah. You're, yeah, please. Sure. So, uh... I joined band back when I was like uh, uh, 11 years old in fifth grade, mm -hmm. and uh, through that I've gained so many friends, but really my best time uh, in band and jazz band was during high school. So in high school, uh, especially after my sophomore year, we started doing a lot of traveling and a lot of like uh, tours. Uh, for example, every February uh, when I was in the jazz band, we would take a trip up to Boston to uh, play and compete in the Berkeley Jazz Festival. And that was such an awesome experience. We got to watch professionals play, get judged by professionals, and nice. all of us got, had a really big bonding experience uh, together through that, through like two and a half hours up, up on a bus together can really bring a group of musicians together. That alone, for a young musician to experience something like that, that's just terrific to say, hey, we did this, mm -hmm. and expire you even further. Yeah, and like especially like we had that trip. Uh, we took a trip over to Chicago. I'll never forget that wow. one. We got to perform. Uh, this was all the Cromwell the, Band. Yeah, Cromwell Band. That is awesome. Chicago. Wow. Yeah, yeah. We took a trip to Boston, Chicago, which was amazing. We got to go and see uh, the Natural History Museum, uh, the Science Museum. Uh, and like a bunch of big things in Chicago, and we also got to perform while we were there, which was really, really, really cool. Shout out Cromwell High School Band. That's terrific, really. I mean, awesome. Now, do you think that in terms of that, and that's something you said uh, earlier, you want to inspire that same level of fascination and interest in students that you might teach? Yeah, exactly. I definitely see myself as a, a high school teacher to be able to like get that not uh, like... That group of kids that isn't, like, 
super young to where you can tell them something and like they'll get it but like you know they won't like take it to heart and see like oh wow maybe this is what I like really want to do but it's that like perfect group of students that is able to take something you say retain it and really think about it digest it and give you something that you as a teacher probably would never expect from like that student because they put that time in and that love into it if they really are like passionate about it and they find something really special with it and that as a teacher can be the most inspiring thing yes and you mentioned that what you just said they're important like uh the arts uh, music any kind of branch of the arts that's you can you you can teach but um if i can say this uh, and I think you know what I mean, if it does sound kind of odd. You can teach a history, like say so you can teach a date, a time, and a place, but in terms of teaching a music, teaching music, there has to be that um, interest in the student, that spark, if you will, and when you find that student, I imagine that's incredibly rewarding. And you see, like with yourself and your music teacher, who thought, hey, this child is going somewhere, he has an interest, and let me steer him or her in this direction. Absolutely. And that, like, that is where I find such joy in this because, like, even through my short years, I've had, like, part-time teaching jobs up in the Pennsylvania area. Just this week, I got done teaching at the uh, Pennsylvania Jazz Institute, which is uh, run by local musicians in the area. And I was able to work with high school students there and really be able to tick their head and watch them work through a lot of stuff that professional musicians and myself that were there were telling them. And we threw a lot at them that week and seeing them take it, go home, practice it each night and come back being a better musician every single day, every single day. That's amazing. So you really, while in school yourself, have been able to experience that on the teaching side of it and say, yes, this is what I know I'd like to do. And when you see that, again, the spark, the spark in their eyes, that uh, you know they get it. And that must be incredibly rewarding. Absolutely. Especially uh, while in school, for uh, like at college, uh, we have a program at Marywood where each semester we go to a certain uh, school district and we observe teachers there. Uh, but due to COVID-19, uh, we weren't able to get into schools to observe so that was really hard for a lot of us uh, education majors to like not be in the school. Like it really, to some people, can really take away that that fire and that love for teaching. But with me being able to have these, especially these students this summer, and some part-time students up in Scranton uh, that I just teach uh, independently, it it was so amazing, especially to be able in this time of such uncertainty and such trouble to be able to have that one awesome moment with a student without without mentioning names or uh, any kind of confidence was there one particular student you could look at through your teaching so far and say yes this is the person i can see like i see myself in or this is the type of student i would most like to inspire was there have you had like that one connection yet that one moment Oh, well, just this week, uh, there's this one student, uh, I won't mention names, yeah. he uh, goes to a local high school down there, and it was really, I asked him on the first day, I was like, hey, uh, like, what's your experience with jazz and the music? And he was like, oh, like I've listened to a couple uh, tunes, and I know a little bit about the music, but I really want to try and take a deep dive. And I really 
took that to heart and every day uh, we'd have a lunch break so I would take that time show him like albums of artists that I think young musicians would listen to if they want to like play this kind of music and like that kind of stuff I showed him different techniques on the saxophone that even I didn't know until I was in college to get him a little bit of a head start and like put him in the right direction and like you said before steer him in that right path uh, to put him on something that I think could be really beneficial to him in the future that's excellent and do you think could you see that like he was inter- like yeah I get it that's what I'd like to do did you like see oh, that absolutely by the end of the nice. week he was improvising and playing so much uh, more creatively and with so much more soul in it with jazz especially the, the soul was really in your improvisation and your music, and I really heard it come out of him during that uh, this week. May I ask you a couple of music questions specifically? Be my guest. Thank you. I love I love jazz, and but jazz is always, of course, there are many types of jazz. Uh, yes. <laughs> classic, smooth, even what's called acid jazz. Do you want to talk about like the different variations of jazz, and like those who who might appreciate it but maybe don't know enough about it? Could you like educate us? Absolutely. So uh, I'll just knock off some, I'll use it in kind of a timeline sense. So starting in like Please. the early 1920s to about the 30s, jazz really was one of two things. One, you have that New Orleans jazz where you got like a brass band and a street band playing improvisations over uh, small melodies that would come up with, for example, like the Saints Go Marching In, an uh, absolute classic uh, song that almost I would hope everyone knows. Uh, and like they would just use that to jam together and really communicate, because especially to them back then, when they didn't have as much communication, they used music as a language. And like if you're from one side of the country, you could be speaking a different, a whole other way as someone on the other side of the country. But if you go up and you like say, like, oh, uh, you know, Say it's no marching in, they're like, oh, yeah, I know that. And then you guys can play together and have fun like that. Mm-hmm. So you have that kind of New Orleans music. But at the same time, over on, like, the East Coast and in, like, New York, you have the development of swing music and dance music, where music of that time was really all about uh, dancing and, like, uh, the, tw- the 20s, right before the Depression, uh, the Roaring Twenties, as they call them, where yeah. jazz music really did reign supreme in that time because everyone wanted to dance, have fun. And, like, that really was big in that regard. Uh, Moving past that to about the 40s and 50s, uh, we had the big development of what is called bebop, which Mm -hmm. is a much more complex uh, version of jazz where it's, like, super, super fast-paced and chromatic and really cuts out some of the people that might have just been playing as a hobby uh, compared to, like, the other big professional musicians like Charlie Parker. My uh, One of my professors tells me a quote where uh, he was writing a song and he was using the first original chord changes for from a different song, but then in the bridge, he changed it to a completely different set of chord changes from the first tune that he was uh, kind of... Uh, replicating the piece after and that threw so many musicians in the day off and really told uh, Charlie Parker who was like at the absolute top of the world in the music realm back then who who could hang and who couldn't hang uh, whether as a bebop way but then after that towards like the 50s and 60s you had musicians such as Miles Davis John Coltrane mm-hmm. Sonny Rollins getting stuff like a lot of modal jazz, which is 
a lot less complex where you use maybe one or two chords for the entire song, but it's a lot more free and a lot more versatility in improvisation where you can just uh, like experiment and really play what you want and what's inside your head, but in a lot simpler level, or you can get super advanced and complex over these very simple chord changes. And uh, along with that matter, John Coltrane, uh, one of the great saxophonists, uh, wrote a lot of spirituals in his music and a lot of religious stuff, especially after uh, the 60s uh, when he wrote uh, the album A Love Supreme, which is a four-part spiritual, uh, and that that alone is just uh, outstanding. And it's like a four-part, almost based off of the classical music, uh, like form of the music Mm -hmm. and like having that like it just it like hits hard in the first movement and then second movement's a lot like laid back and like it's so hard to explain but like (laughs) it's super super just what music what do you (laughs) what do you see like the future for like jazz do you see more of hearkening to the past and homage to the past or do you see totally different subgenres in the future so I, I really do think it's a big mix of both because especially now a lot of modern players, like for me, I love the music of like bebop, but then you have other modern players that love the music of like free jazz and modal jazz. And I really see that, especially now, are really starting to come together and forming into a whole new subgenre of jazz, which I guess we can call unnamed for now. Yep. But it definitely is setting a new sense of normality because especially the big thing with jazz, uh, everyone learns from the older masters. You learn from the music of the past to develop the music of the future. You said something... Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. You said something very insightful and expressed it very well. Conceptually, while you were talking about uh, the early stages of jazz, you said you could take people from any part of its country, various parts of the country, and they could sit down, and despite any dialect or even a full language barrier, the music unites them. Just play a few chords, oh yeah, I got that, I know that, and then they're all communicating musically as one. Absolutely. It's a very insightful and, thing to say, and that was nice. Yeah, and like I... I like keep that to heart, especially like in, in like times because jazz, at least as I see it, jazz can be one of the most diverse types of music that we have. Everyone in the world that plays jazz comes from a different background, mm-hmm. and like whether it's like from like like a like a an Asian country like Japan or Korea, or like they come from the Middle East, or they come from Europe. If you play a certain set of chords or a certain melody. And one of those musicians from that different country or culture recognizes it. They're going to know what it is, and they're going to be able to play along with you and communicate with you like that. Because jazz really is its own special kind of language. That beautiful thing. Now, there's something I have to make a hokey comment here, and you, and you may think this is hokey because <laughs> you're a you're a music maven. Do you remember the f- uh, film Close Encounters of the Third Kind? Yes, I think so. Yeah, it was a science fiction film from 1977, and when Steven Spielberg scripted a screenplay, he said, I needed a device that the uh, landing extraterrestrials could communicate with the earthbound folks, the earthlings, and they they decided upon music. 
Yeah. And John Williams wrote that very famous five bar little note note that dan 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 and that became that became their way of communicating. And when you listen to the first encounter uh in Cheyenne uh, at, at the uh mountain top, they sort of expand upon that and it almost becomes rather jazz like, almost improvisational. Yeah. It's a terrific scene. It's a great scene. So that was that was my bit yeah. of ho- that was my, my bit of hokiness. Sorry, I'm a big science fiction <laughs> oh, yeah, fan. Sorry, no, you're absolutely and like John Williams. I mean, absolutely amazing composer and probably, if not the best, one of the best uh, that is still alive today. Yeah. Uh, he, he that, that's exactly right. Like the, if aliens came down, I feel like the best way to communicate with them would be music. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In the end of things. Yeah, some people say mathematics. Avoid any conflicts, at least. Yeah, some people say mathematics. I prefer music. Now, it's been said said that uh, jazz is uniquely or originally American. Do you agree with that? Yes. Absolutely. Thank you. Jazz jazz (laughs) is the one American, original American art form. Mm -hmm. It's America's classical music. Now, Adam, what projects are you working on now? Are there upcoming you'd like to promote? Do you have a, you have a website or Facebook page or anything you'd like to promote? The forum is yours. Uh, so uh, just uh, this next weekend, actually, I have a slew of gigs at the Scranton Jazz Festival, uh, which uh, to my audience here in Cromwell, I'm sure a lot of you wouldn't be able to make it, but uh, I'm probably going to be live streaming it. I'm on proud of Facebook you anyway. <laughs> Yeah, I'm probably going to live stream it on my Facebook page, at least for part of the gigs. Uh, I'm going to be playing with uh, the Marywood Big Band, with the Jazz Institute Big Band, uh, and it's going to be a super fun time. So if you can make the trip down, it's a free uh, jazz festival for the weekend uh, in downtown Scranton, which over the last couple of years has become one of the best spots in Northeast Pennsylvania to be. Uh, and... Yeah, uh, that's really that's really all I, all I can do. All I got. I, I wish I had a website. That's, that's a great idea. <laughs> so the best way to, the best way to find that would be on your uh, through a uh, Facebook. Do you have a separate Facebook page for? Is it like a, just like your uh, personal profile, or is there a separate Facebook profile? But it's yeah. uh, it's public and it's open. So you just look up Adam Jonkman. You'll be able to find everything you'll need to know. J O N K M A N. Correct, Adam Jonkman. Yeah. Awesome. And Adam, one question we ask all of our guests, and it's inescapable. Uh, what would what would you say you like the most about the town of Cromwell? Oh man, uh, you know the the biggest part of Cromwell I definitely love is a sense of community that we have. Uh, I'm over at the parks a lot, whether I'm out just like solo, just playing, just to find like a a sense of. Uh, peace with the with the woods out there or just going to have some fun with some friends uh whenever i see people at cromwell or <laughs> at watchers park in cromwell they're always so nice and so uh welcome to talk if i like if i like need something uh, random that i might have forgotten at home or just uh need a sense of direction i feel like everyone in this town is just so so nice to one each other or one another and i love that about this place that's terrific <laughs> Well, Adam, it's been terrific talking to you, a real pleasure. And I so thank you for the timeline education on jazz. And I think that was the best way to do it, provide like an historical timeline. So thank you. Thank you for talking to us. Awesome. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me here. (laughs) 
We hope you enjoyed our interview with Adam Junkman. We sure did. A very talented young man who is going places. It just goes to show you what happens when a talented teacher meets talent in a student. When that teacher can guide, encourage, and mentor that student to excel. Well, here's to all the Adams out there who have excelled. And here's to all the teachers out there who do their best in their own way every single day to make their students excel. We salute you all. Check out Adam's Facebook page, Adam Jonkman, J-O-N-K-M-A-N. Check him out for upcoming concerts, among other projects. We wish Adam all the best in his continued academic career and beyond. Adam, come back to Cromwell. Hey, for one one night only jazz performance, we'd love it. I also must give credit to composer Leonard Slotkin for the excerpt at the beginning of this episode. So friends, until next time, thank you for listening. And we have to say thank you for all the encouragement we've received and all the good wishes and the continued support. It means a lot to us. So I'm James M. Nealon for Cromwell Lessons. Until next time, friends, stay safe, stay strong, and be well.